What is going on, everyone? This is Robert English, your SoCal Seahawk, and thank you for joining me on this week one post-game edition of Short Yardage. And um, we saw some pretty good football played by our Seattle Seahawks on uh, Sunday morning. Um, we went in and we... I dare to say that we handled um, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, final score was 38 to 25. And um, that score is not indicative of how, you know, uh, what what kind of, you know, basically butt whooping it was. We, we put a, we put a whooping on, on the, uh, on the Atlanta Falcons, um, despite the stat lines um, and despite the score. Um, that game was basically um, uh, controlled by the Seattle team the entire time. Um, 38 points in week one. I can't remember the last time. I mean, Seattle doesn't put up close to 40 points very regularly just in general. But to come out of the gate with no preseason, I mean, that was a team that looked, I mean, that, dare I say, looked like they were in midseason form. You know, in in September, that is very unlike the Seahawks. But um, we'll get into it here. Um, but before we start talking about the game, uh, if you listen to the previous podcast, you know, I did, um, you know, I did talk a little bit about the whole uh, social justice, you know, uh, uh, piece of this because it's still a big deal and it was a big deal Um uh, in week one of the NFL, you may remember on Thursday night, the Kansas City Chiefs actually had about 17,000 people in their nearly 70,000, uh, um, you know, capacity stadium. Um, they, they had about 17,000 people in there. Um, and at the beginning of the game, when players locked arms in solidarity um, for social justice, um, the fans booed. Not all the fans, but a great many fans, but enough enough for you to hear it over the broadcast. And, and that was um, disappointing. It was very disappointing. Um, in the games that uh, happened on Sunday, um, a great many of uh, the teams, either teams either just did not come out of the locker room at all, um, or the ones that were there, some of them stood, some of them kneeled, some of them raised a fist, uh, some of them locked arms. But for the most part, there was some sort of demonstration at, at, at each game. Uh, what I really, really loved, and I mean I loved, was how the Seahawks and the Falcons um, did their demonstration. Um up to the kick up to and including it on, on the, the opening kickoff. Uh, if you anyone who was watching the game saw the game, obviously, if you haven't learned about it since then, um, uh, Seattle deferred at the after winning the coin toss and kicked off to Atlanta. Uh, but when the ball was kicked, no players from either side actually moved off their spot, you know, for the kickoff. Everybody stayed right where they were and took a knee. 
And that was awesome. That was awesome. Because what that means to me is what is what I have been, you know, I get myself stuck in, in conversations on the Internet with people who just with ridiculous people. And I know better, but I do it anyway. <laughs> but uh, where I stand with the whole thing is that these men out there who are playing this game for our entertainment are just that they're men, they're people. And none of this football, basketball, baseball, soccer, none of this stuff is any is, is anywhere near as close to important as social justice for all, for every man. And I say man in the in the worldly sense, not just for men, for all people. But we're all created equal. That means something. that statement means something. And by kicking that football and nobody moving, literally stopping playing during the game. I mean, that was that 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 was that was that was a huge statement, if you ask me. Um, and I thought it was just a beautiful, awesome way to do their demonstration um, in this week one game. I am. I could only say that I'm I'm I think it's it's fortunate that there were no fans in the stadium because um, I, I'm, I have no confidence after watching the Kansas City game on Thursday. I have no confidence that um, people wouldn't boo. And I mean, if you're going to boo, you're li- people are literally saying we are uh, everyone. I mean, the, 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 the arguments are so tired. The arguments are so elementary. These players are using their platforms to speak out against atrocities in this world. And the arguments that people give is, uh, the arguments are, what do you have to complain about? You're rich. What do you have to complain about? You get to play a game for a living. What do you have to complain about? You get a million dollar check every day. As if that matters. It's such, it's, it's such elementary arguments from folks. And I know that there's a great many people who feel that way and a great many of those people if they if they were letting people in the stands a significant amount of people in those stands would be those people and they would have booed and it, it just it, it's, it's just so disheartening it's just so disheartening but fortunately yeah most of the t- uh, stadiums um, uh, for week one were not allowing fans and um, so you didn't have to listen to uh, people booing such a humanitarian um you know concept like they don't get like people are whether or not you agree with what they're saying whether or not whether or not you agree with you know that whether the thing that they're that they're fighting against is actually happening it still is a good message the message is still good they're not they're not saying they're not they're not bad mouthing anyone they're they're they're, they're saying hey Everyone should be treated equal and fair, and you're and you're booing that statement. You're bo- you're booing that that notion. Whether you agree that that is valid or not doesn't change the fact that it's a good message. So why would you boo it? So we're not going to go that deep into it because this is week one, and I did that on my last podcast. The Seattle Seahawks uh, had a pretty a pretty good game um, against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Russell Wilson. Um, 
I mean, Russell Wilson went out there. I, of course, I'll start with, 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 you know, in Russ, we trust. Let Russ cook. That's the, that's the uh, you know, the narrative going on right now, right? Certainly in Seattle, let Russ cook. Well, I guess we could say Russ cooked on Sunday morning to the tune of uh, 31 for 35, 322 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, Russ played an all but perfect game. I think his quarterback rating was in the 140s or something like that. It was it was it was really high. It was really you know the weird thing is like guy Lamar Jackson had a had a higher quarterback rating than Russell Wilson and he had less completions, less touchdowns, uh less yards. I, I don't I'm not sure. I I officially don't understand how quarterback ratings work. <laughs> but uh yeah, Russell's I think was in, was in the in the 140s. Um, just a banner day. Uh, I mean, coming out the gates very much the same way he did last year. And, um, if, if letting Russ cook is, if this is what it's going to look like, then we got great things coming. He was on target, the deep ball, just as good as ever, if not better. His pocket presence was great. Um, I mean, he did take three sacks, but I mean, frankly, if Russell takes three sacks in the game, um, I'm feeling okay about it because he's taken a lot more than that. Um, one of the sacks, matter of fact, I think it was the very first play of the game, right? The very first play from scrimmage. Um, he, you know, they, they tried to let him cook. And so they go play action on on scrimmage play number one. They go play action and he gets blown up. Um, so that was, that was a little unnerving at first, but, you know, Russell taking sacks is um, nothing new for us, right? But he was super efficient. Super efficient. Um, the wide receiving core. Um, I mean, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Um, now, let me go ahead and say that I am really, really, really fighting for DK Metcalf here. We all know how great DK Metcalf is and how great he's going to be. We're all but a, we're basically assuming that DK Metcalf is going to be a superstar receiver in this league for a long time. But his hands, the, uh, they got me worried. As long as DK Metcalf is running in a direction, like if he's running in a continued direction, his hands his hands seem to be all but golden. But when he has to stop and come back to the football, it, it it doesn't work the same. He catches the ball on the slant without problem. He catches the deep ball when he's running the nine, running the fly route. He he catches the football. But when he stops and comes back to the ball for some reason, it doesn't seem to work as well. And that showed. Um, you know, on Sunday afternoon, he had two drops. I think one, I know one of them for sure was a drop. The other one may not have counted as a drop because Russell's pass was a little bit off. I think it was behind DK, but a pass um, a superstar should catch. Um, you know, with, with, the, with the exception of DK Metcalf, all of the receivers, all of the Seattle receivers caught every single one of their targets. 
The only receiver that did not catch any of his targets was DK Metcalf. We threw the ball at DK eight times, and he caught four for 95 yards and a touchdown. But Lockett had eight targets, eight catches. Moore, three targets, three catches. Olsen, four, car- four targets, four catches. 24 yards and a, and a touchdown. Um, uh, and, uh, and a couple other guys had, had uh, a couple targets, one or two targets themselves and, and, um, and caught theirs. I mean, a, a super efficient day in the passing game. And I guess this is what everybody wants to see or wanted to see, right? They wanted to see Russell cook, um, and, you know, let Russ cook. And he did. I mean, and, and, and he ended up only throwing four incomplete passes the whole day. Four incomplete passes out of 35, and they were all DK Metcalf. Um, the running game was, you know, nothing to to write home about, but the running game was what the, the running game worked in terms of when you needed some yards to progress the drive, uh, to keep from getting behind the sticks. Um, it worked. Carson was six for 21. Um, uh, Hyde was seven for 23 in a touchdown. But Chris Carson in the receiving game, I don't know if anybody saw this, but the Seattle Seahawks played a whole, did a whole lot of screen passes out of the backfield on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. And that is something we are just not used to seeing. And it worked wonderfully. Carson had six catches for 45 yards and two touchdowns out of the backfield. Now, that's a recipe for success. I mean, that's certainly it's certainly a tendency breaker for the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, if this is the if this is the team that, you know, team uh, defenses are going to start to have to game plan for, game plan for. And then we go back and hit them with the smash mouth, you know, that 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 uh that typical Pete Carroll offense. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I mean, now we know we can do this. Russell threw the ball on first and second down more times in any game than any game ever in his NFL career on Sunday morning. It was it was a it was it was a beautiful sight. It was a beautiful sight. It was wonderful to see. The team looked great. The offensive line again, except for the three uh, sacks that we gave up, which seemed one of them for sure, maybe two of them just communication errors. Um, uh, the other one, maybe just, you know, somebody got beat. I can't remember exactly which one was which, um, but the first one, obviously a communication error. You just let the, I mean, a guy came off the edge completely untouched. Um, but giving up three sacks, that's okay with me. I can, I can deal with Russell being sacked three times because it's, it's four five and six sacks that, that, uh, that we're used to seeing, um, even in games that we win, you know? But um, but Russ Russ had a great day. The defense was good. Now I've been reading and and listening and looking and people talking a lot about how much yards we gave up. But a lot of that was garbage time stats. All right, yeah, Matt Ryan threw for four hundred and fifty yards and two touchdowns. But I mean, we, we uh, the game was basically over. I mean, when, when you're when you're leading by a lot of points. They don't. You can't run the ball anymore. You throw the football. Excuse me. When 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 one team is leading, the other team has to throw the football. We we made them. You know, um, at, at some point we made them one dimensional. They had to throw. 
I mean, we did all right. Um, you know, uh, going against uh, Julio Jones is no easy task. And Julio Jones did what he always does. Twelve, He had 12, uh, 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 12 looks, nine catches for 157 yards. They, hey, you know, that's what are you going to do? It's Julio Jones. The way he went up and snagged that ball from Shaq Griffin, um, it wasn't even a long pass. But the way he went up, I mean, it, it, that ball kind of floated up. I'm thinking that that's something that some somebody could pick off. No, Julio Jones went right up there and grabbed it, even with um, Shaq all over him, reaching to knock it out of his hands. Came down with it. It was only like a four or five yard game, but or a six yard game. But just just shows you how big and strong Julio Jones is, and why he's able to get, uh, you know, go for, uh, you know, 150 something yards against even a, you know, a, a good defense. Um, uh, Russell Gage, again, 12 looks, nine catches, 114 yards. Calvin Ridley, 12 looks, nine catches, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, now, Ridley had one where he just was wide open in the end zone. Communication error there, I can only imagine. No one gets that wide open without there being some type of breakdown, some type of somebody thought they were doing something that someone else was supposed to be doing or or whatever. But he was literally there was nobody there. There was even anyone chasing him. So he was just he was all alone. He was all alone. So certainly an error there. Take that one off the board. The game looks a little more like how it really went. Uh, Todd Gurley, 14 carries. 56 yards, did have the one touchdown, but that was, you know, a, a goal line smash. Um, we were disruptive. We tackled well. Um, Benson Mayo was getting in the mix. He had a, he had a sack, uh, he, but he was disruptive. He had, I think he only had like one tackle and one sack, but he was disruptive. Um, and what, look, we all... Many of us were wondering what the whole Jamal Adams thing was going to bring to us. And if you had any doubts or you had any concerns, I believe you can rest easy. Uh, Jamal Adams is everything. This guy has shown. I don't think he missed a tackle on Sunday. I mean, his open field tackling looks impeccable. He even got a he got a sack on the quarterback. I mean, it was uh, Jamal Adams is all that we hoped and all that we thought. Um, and he, this might be the player that makes us forget about Cam Chancellor because Cam Chancellor was an, was certainly an enforcer in the secondary. And it looks that like Jamal Adams can be that too. But what Cam didn't have is, is that quick, uh, ability to come off the edge. Like he, like he has shown, um, uh, with New York and even on Sunday after Sunday morning. So, um, Hey, this Jamal Adams acquisition, uh, is already paying dividends for the Seattle team. It was a great game. It was a great game. This, this is a, the first time in a while that I've watched a Seahawks game and not had to, you know, um, you know, bite my fingernails, through the third and the fourth quarter because like you just never know if they're really going to hang on you know they weren't you know trying to come back um you know late in the fourth quarter because they gave up a second quarter lead and you know you having to win it in the end like it's like it has been the mo of this pete carroll um coach seattle team um 
you know, and we've made it, we've made history doing it, but it's so nerve wracking. Uh, that wasn't what happened on Sunday morning. Sunday morning, we went out there and we played hard football. We got on the Atlanta Falcons or we went down and scored in our first two drives. That was so wonderful. It was amazing to see the, my Seattle Seahawks go down and score on their first two drives, put it in the end zone, put it in the end zone. Tyler Lockett was great. Eight targets, eight catches, 92 yards. And just, just, you know, getting down without and not, not taking any hits. His route running was sharp. I didn't really see him make many contested catches because he seemed to just run those routes so sharply that he was he was open for every catch. Um, it was it, it was it was great. It was really great. Now I don't know if this is you know week one of a season like this that was that you know preparations were abbreviated. There was no um, no uh, no preseason. You know, so what is it? Is it, were the Seahawks just playing that good, or were the Atlanta Falcons just ill prepared? You know, I suppose we don't know. You know, we it, it's a it's a common um, it's commonly said that even in a regular a normal season um, that you don't ever know what you're going to get with your team until you know week four. So that certainly has to apply um, this year, considering there was no preseason at all. Um, but just going based on what we saw. Um, you can, you, you, you can not be unhappy with, with the product that was put out on that field on the road, even, you know, I mean, all the things that, I mean, if this is the Seattle Seahawks, we're fine going out on the road week one and putting a licking on a team that potentially could be good. I mean, that, that, that Atlanta Falcons offense is, is no, is no slouch. Julio Jones, a Hall of Fame receiver. Matty Ice, a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, and and a couple of and a couple of uh, um, uh, of other guys that are there that are that are very good. Todd Gurley. You know, so uh, we we played very well uh, defensively against what will likely be a um, a high powered offense. This season played very well and our offense, which is typically the kind of offense that just, you know, just, you know, only scores enough points just to win, but doesn't really go lay on anybody. Typically speaking, did just that. Laid it on them the whole four quarters for 60 minutes, it seemed. And if we can do that this year, then people are going to have a lot of trouble beating us. A lot of trouble beating us. So we move on next week. I believe the game is on Sunday night, which I hate. I hate Sunday. I love that. I love playing on primetime. I true. I truly do. I love playing on primetime because it puts my team at center stage, which I love. Um, and and. You know, I, I especially because of the fact that we're pretty good. We always seem to win on primetime. We very rarely lose in primetime. Um, but I hate waiting. That's my only problem with it. I hate I, I wake up on on Sunday morning at about, 
you know, anywhere between nine, nine thirty. Um, and uh, I'm ready to watch football, and I don't like waiting any later than one o'clock to watch my Seahawks. But when I have to wait all day to watch my team play, it really does frustrate me. The only thing worse than that is when they play on Monday night when I don't get to see them at all. On uh, I, I'd rather I'd rather have a bye week than have than watch my team on Monday night. <laughs> the bye weeks bother me less. At least I know I'm not waiting for anything. There's no anticipation. I don't get anxious. But we are going to play the New England Patriots, the the new look New England Patriots. Well, I don't know about new look, but they have a new quarterback, and that's that that's a big that's a big deal. Um, Cam Newton. We just can't get away from Cam Newton. We play Cam Newton every year, whether and apparently it doesn't matter if he's a Carolina Panther or uh, a New England Patriot. We're gonna f- end up playing Cam Newton every year. Um, New England did not look all that great uh, on Sunday against Miami. Um, I think I watched I watched the uh, highlight on on NFL.com and. On a you know the one that the one that's just right on the on the game page. If you go to NFL.com, you go to the game page for the Miami New England game. Um, the highlight reel, the highlight video is like a six minute video, and there wasn't one single video, excuse me, one single play, one single highlight from the game of Cam throwing the ball downfield. Not one. Not a single one. Now, you know, Cam ended up, he finished the game 15 for 19 for 155 yards. So, you know, he had to throw in the ball a little bit. But, I mean, there wasn't one highlight clip of him throwing the ball downfield in a, in a, a, a highlight reel from the entire game. Now, Cam threw the ball uh, 15 completions out of 19 attempts. He also ran the ball 15 times for 75 yards. So, I mean, he was far more effective running the football than he was passing it, relatively speaking. Um, He scored two touchdowns on the ground. You know, um, the running back, you know, the the New England running back was, you know, had a a pedestrian day. Ten carries, 37 yards. uh, Did get in the end zone once, but his longest carry was only seven yards. So certainly nothing to write home about there, nothing to worry about. But when you have, you know, it's still the same Cam Newton situation. But, um, you know, we've we've made, um, you know, we've made some pretty positive history out of handling Cam Newton. So, um, you know, I don't I don't see I don't see us having a problem. I think Sunday night is going to be a great night um, at the clink. I almost I was gonna say 12s will be rocking, but the 12s will not be rocking uh, because uh, <laughs> there will be no 12s there, and I don't think that um, they're allowed to turn up the pumped in noise any louder than they can in any other stadium. Um, but uh, playing at home, hopefully that will uh, you know provide uh, the the Seahawks a boost. Just being at home, and. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I don't see this game being um, a problem for us. Obviously, we'll dive into it more uh, as the week progresses. 
But we started off the 2020 season quite well. Um, a whole lot to be excited about. Uh, defense is great. Welcome to Seattle, Jamal Adams. Um, and, uh, you know, more of, more of the same from Russell Wilson. So... Make sure you go and check out Seattle Sports Union, SSU, Seattle Sports Union. That's seattlesportsunion.com on the web. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter, Seattle Sports Union. Uh, everything Seattle sports from the Mariners to the Mist and, of course, our Seahawks um, all season long. Uh, check out myself, Abraham DeWeese, and the rest of the team uh, for our unlicensed professional insight um on our Seattle Seahawks make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast short yardage with me Robert English your SoCal Seahawk um I'm on Spotify now in case uh you're listening on Podbean still or Apple Podcasts um I can be subscribed to on 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 Spotify so check it out there make it a little easier easier to listen to And uh, we will talk to you guys again in a few days. This is Robert Inga signing off. Go Hawks.